0: The information in this podcast is general information and not advice. Stanford Financial is authorised under Australian Credit Licence Number 541480. Further information is available at stanfordfinancial.net.
1: Hello and welcome to On the Couch with Steve, a podcast where we help you uh, navigate the often complex world of buying, selling, and renting real estate. Uh, I'm Steve Athanades. I'm the owner of NG Real Estate here in Ipswich. I'm joined today uh, by Steve Beach from Stanford Financial. So thanks and welcome, Steve. How are you today? I'm
0: good, thanks, Steve.
1: Great to be here. No worries, mate. Now, you're a return guest. Now, the reason you're returning, we're going to talk about interest rates, which is scary in itself for most people, Uh, and uh, just not interest rates themselves, but what's going to happen into the future. Uh, what sort of things are happening for first homeowners? How people are trying to create cash flow uh, moving forward as interest rates are rising? So, what sort of things can be done? So, big, big, big podcast ahead today, mate. Really important one. So, really appreciate you taking the time. So, without any further ado, mate, what's going to happen with interest rates?
0: Okay, so I guess with interest rates, uh, we've seen, I guess, 10 interest rate rises consecutively, uh, which has hurt a lot of people. Um, uh, I know in previous podcasts, we've talked about um, people coming off fixed rates um, where they're seeing interest rates of around 2% now coming into the market, into the fives or potentially even into the sixes. Uh, I guess uh, we, with recent happenings with the Silicon Valley Bank um, sort of going into receivership over in the States, we have seen a little bit of a ripple effect um, through that. I don't think it's going to be worldwide. There's been a lot of sort of control by the American government in protecting a lot of people with that. Um, but with that, Going ahead, I foresee that most economists are now probably predicting here in Australia that potentially we're not going to see the one or two more interest rate rises that they're all sort of talking about. I think we might see Phil Lowe actually slow down the rate rises and probably put it on hold for the next six to twelve months. Okay, um,
1: so hang on a sec. Let's let's get this straight. We've seen some banks in the in the US go bust. Okay, we were predicting potentially up to two more interest rate rises. You're now thinking maybe not and we may actually stop.
0: That's correct, yep. So I guess um, primarily we were reading a lot of articles with with NAB and Westpac and CBA with their predictions of, you know, everyone was pretty much still predicting an interest rate rise in April. Um, Nowadays with, uh, I guess, the the curving of inflation, uh, unemployment, is still going down. So there was about 45 to 60,000 jobs that was um, taken up in the last quarter is what's sort of being predicted at this stage. If it's on the higher end, then they may be enforced to to raise rates again. Um, if it's on the lower end, they'll probably potentially, and fingers crossed for everybody out there, including myself, uh, is to, to stabilize and hold interest rates. I think they should probably look at seeing what's actually gonna happen, like with the cost of just milk, bread, and particularly fuel, all this is conting- continually going up, cost of living keeps going up, and if they keep pushing interest rates up um, to ultimately stem that inflation, I think we're seeing at the moment, particularly talking with a lot of our clients is, um, it's done what it's needed to do. And I think we should start to see sort of a, 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 a a break in rate rises not saying that rates are going to go down anytime soon I I still am in the I guess mindset of what a lot of people are are saying um, is that we'll probably start to see a couple of rate reductions early into next year and then again further into 2025 is where mid 2025 is where they expect inflation to um, reach the 3% threshold which is what the RBA would like to see Um, so in doing so they've done what they needed to do so what goes up must come down so we will see that that peak and i think we're pretty much at that peak of where where inflation and rates will will peak at
1: okay so we've got some good news everyone out there who's listening and watching this podcast today so here we are mid-march okay hopefully we've reached the peak hopefully we've seen the end of rate rises Uh, they're they're certainly not going to go down just yet but hopefully they're stabilizing so that maybe some of the pain that people are, in, uh, are feeling in their back pocket may come to an end in terms of increases. So hopefully that's that's great. Now, for someone who is gonna pop out, and we, we've got a lot of people who are due to pop out of fixed term um, rates. Um, for the, a lot of those people, it's scary. They could jump out from sub 2% and pop out anywhere between six and in some cases, 7%. That's correct? That's correct. Yep, so for those people. Uh, what can they do uh, before they pop out uh, to try and help um, with their cash flow? Because for a lot of these people, it could be diabolical. Yeah,
0: no, true that. Um, I guess the biggest thing that we're seeing right at the moment, because there are a lot of people that have already come off these 2% rates because they started in, in ultimately the start of COVID, sort of April, May 2020. A lot of people fixed for two or three or four years or have only just got into the marketplace, you know, sort of early last year or the year before. So, um what we're seeing a lot of people doing at the moment is is in regards to refinancing their home is to consolidate existing debt. So um, to try and essentially build that equity that they've had in their property over the last sort of 12 months or two years um, to then add the car loan and some credit card debt back into their home loan which you might think that's a bit crazy rates are going up you're going to borrow more money but essentially you're freeing up cash flow whereas a standard mortgage might be two $2,000 to two and a half thousand dollars per month after the rate rise it might roll up to three thousand dollars but you may still be paying five six hundred dollars for a car loan you're paying two three hundred dollars for two credit cards all of a sudden your your total exposure on your on both all your loans is about four thousand dollars by refinancing even at the higher rate, it'll still be less than what you actually were paying on your car loan and your credit cards and stuff like that. Now, I'm not a financial advisor, can't tell you what the best, but that can free up some cash flow. Um, So it's best to probably talk to your broker um, to have a chat about um, what steps you can do to essentially protect yourself with the uh, upcoming cash flow crisis.
1: Okay, so great point. Now, we're not financial advisors, so it's very important we, we stipulate that. So for the people who don't need to incorporate car loans and credit cards... But someone who needs, potentially wants to still save some money, can they go to their existing lender and say, hey, I was sub 2% or 3%, wherever you locked in, you know, I know rates are 7% or up to 7%, what sort of a deal can you do for me or should they look at refinancing now?
0: Yeah, I guess a couple of things with that would be is, um, yeah, so once your fixed rate does expire, most banks will just roll your loan into a a standard variable or a basic variable rate, um, which without any sort of pricing by the bank or or talking to your broker, um, we're seeing people come off interest rates at at almost 7%, like you sort of said, Um, whereas we then get in contact with them saying, hey, no, you shouldn't be at that rate. Let us do some pricing with your bank and we're getting them back into the the early fives. Um, So we can save sort of 1.5% just by sending an email to the bank saying hey we want our client to be better off and these are sort of the rates that they should be getting alternatively if your bank isn't forthcoming in regards to giving you those sort of interest rates um, we've been doing a lot of refinancing and utilizing that equity because a lot of people came into the market where they only had a 10 percent deposit Um, Now they've built some equity over the last couple of years, they've now got more than sort of 20 or even 30% equity in their property, which means you're now in a different, what we call as LVR tier or bracket, which means you can get much better rates, um, particularly if you're not in that um, more than 20%, less than 20% deposit sort of equity position.
1: Okay, so there's something really important for uh, for you people watching and listening, okay? Ask the bank for a better rate, first and foremost. So ask and hopefully you shall receive. Now, if you don't receive, don't be afraid to talk to other banks. You can obviously talk to a, um, a broker in relation to it. Brokers obviously have access to all of the institutions as opposed to if you're with the Commonwealth Bank and you go to the Commonwealth Bank and the Commonwealth Bank says, no, you know, you're getting 7% too bad, so sad. You go to a broker and say, okay, take me to everyone and get me the best deal.
0: That's exactly right. And that's what the brokers do is we do have what they call as best interest duty. So we must shop around for our clients to get them the best possible deal and the best possible rate. That's it I
1: like that. I like that, that you are duty bound to find them the best deal for them. That's it. Awesome. Great to know. Now, obviously, rents are gone through the roof. Poor renters. We all feel sorry for people who are renting. What's happening to people who were renting and the rents are now so expensive? Are we seeing like an increase of first homeowners becoming buyers, you know, renters who are now becoming a first home buyer instead of renting?
0: Yeah, so we've definitely seen an influx of of, of clients calling up and saying, hey, what can I do? I've been told it's best to talk to a broker just to start the process to see what, I guess options are available. There are still first home loan deposit schemes where you only need a, a, the basic 5% deposit to be able to buy a home. Uh, and the government will still back the other 15% to get you those better rates and better deals to get into the marketplace. Um, so particularly for first home buyers. The, the second one that we're seeing a lot of at the moment is parental guarantees where mum and dad, want to help their kids out to get them a property. So they've got a, a mortgage over their house. We can then put a second mortgage over their house um, by utilizing, therefore, the kids actually need no deposit to buy a house. Um, we're doing quite a lot of those at the moment. Um, the other big one, and particularly in, the, in I guess, our area in Ipswich, uh, we're a lo- local uh, RAF base. So we facilitate a lot of DOAS lines as well, which is the Defence Home Ownership Assistance Scheme, where um, the, I guess, DBA or the, the government will actually help pay back a portion of um, existing or previous members' Um, mortgage repayments so um, that's-
1: well, look and that's important to remember we we are here in Ipswich we're a proud military um, community I uh, love the RAF base and all the the uh, serving personnel so great that there's a special deal uh, available to to those serving personnel uh, I guess the, the good news for um, renters is they do have some options Definitely. Th- through government subsidy or if they have uh, parents who have built up equity to potentially be able to help them into a property so they can get away from that rental rat race.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, mate, look, um, I've got to finish off with, you know, what is your prediction? We are, you know, halfway through March, 2023, um, big, you know, big year, I guess, coming up in terms of still a lot of uncertainty banks going broke which we haven't seen for a long time. No. Was last time? When was uh, 2008? 2008, yeah. So we haven't seen a, a financial institution go broke since 2008, yet we've seen three go broke in the last four days or something like that. What's going to happen for the rest of this year?
0: Yeah, again, my magic crystal ball. Uh, I left that at home. Ooh, so that <laughs> oh, <it's cursed. laughs> that crystal ball thing. Oh, uh, it's cursing me, that crystal ball. I guess uh, moving forward, again, my only interpretation of it all is, is uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, is um my prediction uh, up until probably last week was definitely another rate rise and possibly another one, probably after the end of financial year sales because we'll, I reckon there'll be a lot of people utilise their tax money and they, they spend in that June period. So we're also expecting probably another rate rise in sort of July, August. Um, I think that's probably off the cards now. Whether or not, uh, I guess, this impact now has had enough of an effect for the RBA not to lift rates in April probably too early to to be sure on that one but um, good chance that there are now a lot of people predicting just in the last day or two that rates will be put on hold. Um, Most Economist and and pretty much all the major banks that they release this every month or particularly quarterly is their predictions of where the cash rate will be in Australia. And pretty much every single bank have predicted rate reductions in 2024 and rate cuts in 2025. So we're experiencing, probably seeing that the interest rates will actually get lower than where they were um, late last year. Okay. Boom. You heard that first on, on the couch with Steve. So some real
1: hope, you know, and I guess some optimism uh, about future markets uh, in terms of interest rates and and obviously conditions for people. Remembering these are things that affect people's day-to-day ability to live. You know, if, if everything just keeps on getting dearer, you know, it's not a bottomless well that you can just keep reaching into and pulling out money. So I think there's some real uh, hope and positivity there for um, people who are current homeowners, people who want to be homeowners into the future, and obviously even people who are uh, renters who are aspiring to, to get out of that rental market because, like, let's face it, it's real tough there. No, it's real it tough. Is. Mate, uh, look, um, guys uh, at home, thanks for tuning in to hear and see more of On the Couch with Steve. Um, make sure you, um, you, su- you subscribe below. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Special thanks, uh, Steve Beach from Stanford Financial, mate. Uh, what you've just told us, unbelievable. Great insights for me as, a, as an experienced um, and dominant real estate agent. Uh, for mums and dads and the punters at home, invaluable. So thank you so much. Really great. Absolute pleasure. No worries, mate. Uh, look, now, if you have an opinion, and I'm sure lots of people out there will, uh, about what we've discussed today, please share your thoughts on our socials uh, and stay tuned for more on the, with On the Couch with Steve. We'll see you soon.